So I'm sitting here at my desk. It is a Tuesday morning as I'm sitting here recording this intro. And I've come to an abrupt realization that I think I have a problem with a number of bottles that I carry to house my drinks for the day. Do you guys ever have that issue where you're like, you know, you have all these bags when you walk out of the house and you really don't have any extra hands, but somehow you manage to squeeze like three or four different drink bottles? Um, as one of my good friends always used to say, like, hydrate or die, quite literally, for lack of a better term. So like sitting here at my desk, I have a protein shake bottle, which I like try to sip on throughout the day because I enjoy the taste and it's a good way for me to get some tea in. I have a water because hydration and I also have a coffee because one, I like the taste and two, I also like to stay awake. So my desk is very cluttered with hydration devices and I'm actually starting to think Man, maybe if a, a company who does this listens to this podcast, maybe they can like sponsor me, LOL. But I'm starting to think, what if there was a creation where it could be one water bottle with like four different compartments for drinks? Like, you know those pens when you were in elementary school or middle school where you could push down the color that you wanted to come out? There were like 10 different colors at the top of the pen and you would push down the one springy thing and then whatever color would come out, you know, would indicate by the button that you press down. Anyways, I digress. I think that would be a really great idea with a water bottle, or it wouldn't even have to be a water bottle. It could just be a, a liquid bottle. But anywho, again, I'm realizing I spent a minute and 30 seconds talking about this, and I really digress. But this is episode 26 of the Yours Truly podcast, so if you're new around these parts, welcome. Super glad to have you. The intro will tell you who I am. Um, if you're not new around these parts, you know who I am, and I'm super glad that you have returned, even though we tend to talk, talk about unuseful things for the first minute and 30 seconds of the podcast. But today, before we get into introducing today's guest and what we talked about, I want to make one kind of housekeeping announcement. So if you've been following me for a while, you know that I do a lot of different things to support you, the individual, the end user in your wellness journey, to living more gently, to actually eating, acting, working out, and talking to your body like you love yourself and like you love your body. And one of the ways that I do that on a daily basis to anyone who is interested, and this is totally free, totally free of charge, I just like to put out as much value and content and create community that I can, because what I've realized is in this transition, whether you're coming from tracking macros, following really specific diets, and you kind of step into this world of eating intuitively and learning to trust yourself to moderate your own sense of intake, it can be really tricky. And it can be one of those paths where if you don't have support from a group of people who are experts in this field or are either you know, charting this path themselves, it can be really easy to fall back into your old ways. And that can be really terrible if that's not the route that you want to go. So the one way that I do this is I run a private Facebook community, which is totally open to anyone who wants to join. I do recipe videos in there. I do two tip Thursdays where I go live to kind of answer questions or things that have come up through coaching calls throughout the week. I post in there daily. Um, it's even a really great place it's turning into where my private one-on-one -on -one clients will post takeaways from our call. So even if you don't work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can kind of get a taste of what coaching looks like and you can just start to learn, like I said, from people who are on the same exact journey. It can be a really great place to crowdsource ideas, to bounce information off of each other and just receive the support that everyone needs in making any sort of change to their health, especially if you're on this intuitive journey. So I'll leave it at that. If you would like to join this community, well, first of all, if you're already there, hey, 
I'm so glad you're there. If you would like to join this community, friend me on Facebook. My name there is Claire Tuning. Nothing special, nothing tricky. I don't have any like weird pseudo name that I go under, but it's Claire Tuning. Send me a friend request and just shoot me a message saying, hey, I would love to join your free Facebook community and I will make sure to add you to that because I would absolutely love to welcome you in. But to get to what I'm here to talk about today, on episode 26 of the Yours Truly podcast, I have an amazing guest that I was actually able to record this conversation with about a month ago. Um, his name is Justin Murphy. So he's the owner and the founder of iCoach. iCoach Nutrition. It's, you know, if you're going to look this up on the internet or on social media, it's just like iPhone, but iCoach instead. And Justin is one of those people who you talk to and within like the first 10 words that he speaks out of his mouth, you can kind of identify like this guy is super passionate about what he does and he has this laser focus to help people. So he's passionate about allowing people or guiding them to living their best life through nutrition, exercise, mindset shifts, and all the like that we talk about here at Yours Chili Nutrition. But the one thing about Justin that really stands out to me above all else is that he has a really interesting backstory. And you'll even hear my reaction to this backstory. It is one that I had heard on other podcasts, but he had never relayed it directly to me, of course. But he told me his backstory, and I was just in awe of all the things that he had gone through and where he is now and how far he had come in between those times. And the thing that we really tied into our episode that relates to his backstory is empathy and how he uses his backstory, what he learned, what he's gone through to really develop a strong sense of empathy for anything that anybody else goes through. And we talk about here in the episode how that sense of empathy, that sense of deep compassion for everyone, especially if it's someone who you're working with in a coaching setting, is really, really important in helping them to form the best relationship possible so that his clients, you know, himself, his friends, his family members can really become the best version of himself or themselves simply by having Justin in their life. So it was a great conversation. I hope that you'll gain a lot of great information on how you can use a greater sense of empathy or past experiences that you've gone through to either help your clients if you're a coach like myself or if you're an individual who just wants to create better relationships in your life by being a better listener and really opening up to people on that same grounds of connection, then I really hope that you'll find this episode enjoyable. So without further ado, here it is, Justin Murphy and yours, Julie. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. I'm sitting here camera to camera with today's guest. Um, his name is Justin Murphy, as you got from the intro, but hey, Justin, how's it going today? What's going on? How are you? I'm so excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. You uh, are so welcome. I'm excited for this one today. Happy, happy Tuesday. 
I know. Happy Tuesday. We'll release it on a Wednesday, but um, Justin and I were just talking. He has a baby on the way, and this will be released after the holiday season, but we're gearing up for the holiday season. And I told him, I was like, you know, it's your last holiday before you have other like hands and feet in your house. So <laughs> how are you feeling about that? Tell, tell the world, how do you feel about being a new dad? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, just so blessed and like super excited. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, I think back, so, and we'll dive into everything, but started the, my, my business, like, you know, 10 months ago, something like that. And, um, two months after we found out that we were going to have our first child. Um, and it was a surprise for sure. It definitely yeah. wasn't we go start a business and two months later, let me have a child. Um, but yeah, we are we're super excited. We just finished out the nursery yesterday and, um, or not yesterday, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, two, two months or so and the little one will be here. So we're not finding out if it's a boy or a girl either. So that's a big surprise. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know. I don't know if I can, like, I'm really not one for surprises, to be quite honest with you. Like, I kind of like to know what's going to happen. And not like to too much of a controlling sense, but I think that would just be like a lot in one day. Be like, oh my gosh, I had a baby and oh my gosh, it's a boy. (laughs) But um, but that's that's really exciting. And one thing I definitely want to dive into that you just touched on because I have listened to your story on, I think, two podcasts at, at this point. But if my listeners maybe don't listen to those podcasts or if they're not um, versed in your story or know your backstory, it's a really, really interesting one. So I would love for you to kind of dive in and tell us how you ended up where you are now in the nutrition fitness coaching world. Just kind of give us the backstory to whatever depth and detail you want. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, taking it way, way, way back. I mean, it's almost been, I've almost been in the field for, I mean, I guess it's coming up on nine, but I just say kind of round up to 10. Better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Almost 10 years I've been in the field since, since I was 18 years old. Um, and the way that I kind of like got into the health and fitness nutrition space was uh, I kind of just like fell into it. Like it, it wasn't something that I, you know, necessarily like have planned or like knew, like, you know, from a young age, it wasn't like, Hey, like I, I want to go own a nutrition coaching company, like from the time I was six or anything like that. Right. Um, but I played sports my whole entire life. You know, when I got into high school, um, you know, this is kind of where the story starts is, you know, I was always that kid that like really wanted to be popular. I, you know, I played sports. I was good at sports. I got a football scholarship. Um, but I was just like, I was just like any other high school kid, you know, like we were super into like, you know, partying and at my school, like partying, what I'm finding out now was a little crazier than maybe most people. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, like we, we of course like have the drinking and we have like smoking weed and uh, the thing that was really big at our school was like ecstasy. Um, And, you know, that was kind of like the party drug, if you will. It started off in like just house parties and then all of us, you know, we, we found these clubs out in Dallas, um, these like rave clubs, these ecstasy clubs that's like, like no joke, they start at 4 a.m. and they end at 8 a.m. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, like fast forward kind of through like junior, senior year of high school, um, you know, again, like playing sports, like, you know, getting good enough grades, to get a football scholarship, like all that. 
Um, but just fell into kind of like, I call it like the, I think back to like the movie Fast and the Furious. Like I remember like in high school watching the Fast and the Furious and like almost like falling into like, that's like a lifestyle that like I was trying to like live or something. I don't know. It was really weird. Um, but you know, basically what happened is we were going to these clubs, like doing ecstasy. It's expensive. You're a high school kid. I, from there as like an entrepreneur, I guess I have no idea. Um, but it led me into like, well, I don't want to spend my money on this. I might as well just like buy more and then just like sell it to my friends so that mine are free. Um, and then that led into like actually getting pretty heavily involved and like buying a lot. I mean, there was times where we were like, you know, buying and selling like a lot of, of drugs. I'll just say that. Um, yeah. And, and hanging out, like, I mean, I've, I've seen things that like I wouldn't ever want people to see. Like I've, I've seen people inside these clubs, like overdose on like GHB, which is like a crazy like party drug that was around back then. And like, they were just like, you know, basically like carp out or like lay on the floor and they're just like shaking like arms and legs and like foaming at from their mouth. And then two bodyguards will just like pick up their arms and legs and throw them out into the street off the property. And then they just die. Wow. Like, yeah. Some crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and so that, you know, the fast life, if you will. I mean, I was, I remember like, I mean, I'm like a junior, senior in, in high school making like two, $3,000 a weekend, like selling ecstasy. Um, you know, I would, I would go and like, we're, we're, I was just like living such this crazy life. And like my parents had no idea. Um, and so that led into basically, finally I got out of there, went to Kansas to go play football, pursue this football scholarship you know, I was still, I, I went out there with like my best friend. Um, we both got scholarships to the same school and we were both hanging out and like doing all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we got out to Kansas, we ended up getting in trouble out there. It wasn't for drugs, thank God, but it was for like, basically we, we stole like a backpack and the backpack had like a wallet in it. And we used like the credit card that was in it at a McDonald's, <laughs> uh, Walmart and to fill up gas. And obviously we're idiots. They saw us on camera. They come knocking on our dorm rooms and like two police officers like took us to jail. And I'm so naive at that point that like, I, I literally, I'd never gotten in trouble in my life. Like I thought that I was like, I get like a ticket or something. Like I had no yeah. idea. Um, and they took us to jail. They started like questioning us. And before I know it, like I'm walking into a jail cell meeting some guy that's that's in there for like seven years for stabbing two people and let's just say like life got really really real (laughs) really fast um so kind of going through that story i you know that night i was only in jail for 24 hours you know i don't want to act like i'm like a hardcore criminal here but you know, it, it, it really woke me up and it woke me up at a very, very young age, 18 years old. Like, you know, I was facing for, for that right there, which, you know, you, you, you sound or you talk about what it actually was and it doesn't sound that bad, but because it's credit card theft, right? Like okay. they, were fa- they were facing two felonies, seven misdemeanors and two years in jail. This was at like 18 years old. Like I just got a football scholarship. You know, I was like the, the popular kid, like on homecoming court and like all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, 
that night, like I was not religious at the time. And that night I grabbed a Bible and stayed up the whole entire night, like reading a Bible. And like, I, you know, I tell people, I mean, this was almost 10 years ago, but I tell people all the time, like, that was like my, like, saving grace. Like, that was like my, my moment that like completely changed my life because I, I just, you know, I realized like everything that I had been doing for those two years and like the life that I was living and like what I was doing to people and all of these things. Right. And I also realized that like my life was, or could be like potentially over. Right. Like if you get a felony on your record, like good luck, like actually being successful in your life, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, I just, I made, I threw it out there and I made a promise that night. Again, I wasn't religious at the time. Now I am, but I, I was like, God, like I, if, if people just give me a second chance, like I know what I've done. Like I know all the things that I've done, people I've hurt, et cetera. But like, if you'll just give me the second chance at life, like I promise you, like I will dedicate the rest of my life to helping other people. And the next day, by the grace of God, like literally got bailed out of jail. Like my parents came nine hours up from Texas to Kansas, like bailed me out. Like I grew up my whole life. My dad telling me if I ever went to jail, he would not bail me out. (laughs) (laughs) And here he is. Yeah, like when I was in jail, like I was not expecting to get bailed out. Like I was expecting, like, dude, you're gonna be in jail for like years. Yeah, I thought, right? So I get out. I I come. I see my my mom and dad. They're just like literally just like in tears. And so like I had to face that. Then I had a nine hour drive back with them. Get home. I have three little brothers and sisters at the time. So I have to face that again. They're crying, right? Then I get back to you know like the the community the hometown my coaches my you know the the friends the families all this right and like and I deserved it like but like I got just, I don't know if I can cuss but like I got like yeah you know, shit on basically right like yeah. I got I got I mean I had like parents telling me like don't ever hang out with my kid again like you're worthless like stuff like that and um and so. I, I was just the lowest low of my whole entire life. I mean, to be honest, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I had no avenue. I was like super depressed. I, it was just, it was definitely the lowest low of my whole entire life. I was so thankful that I got this second opportunity, but like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. with Um, and at that time I was like, okay, like I need to get a job. Like I need to, um, you know, I need to, enroll back in school and all this stuff. So long story short with the, the whole felony stuff, like I ended up getting nothing. Like that got changed to five misdemeanors. And then after three years of being in probation, you can get it expunged off your record. Yeah. And so I, li- I literally have like zero, like nothing on my record. That's incredible. Wow. It was literally like God saved my life that day. Um, and, and it's been the motivation, you know, that's powered me through over the last 10 years. But when I came back, I, I started going to a community college and I was like, you know, I need to, um, you know, I need to get a job, obviously. So I applied to like Home Depot and I go to get a, I know I go to have an interview and the manager like no shows me. And my other interview was at 24 Hour Fitness. And so I got the job at 24 Hour Fitness, but I could have got the job at Home Depot, which is so funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I get the job at 24 Hour Fitness. I'm just working the front desk, like literally folding towels, making minimum wage, and I'm going to community college. 
Um, again, still have like no idea what I want to do. Some trainer comes up to me one day and he goes, he goes, uh, Hey, you want to work out with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've had like the football background, I have the powerlifting background, like I mean, working out was like my thing. Yeah. Uh, so I work out with him and he's like, dude, why don't you be a trainer? He's like, well, why are you working front desk? And I was like, what the hell is a trainer? And, and he starts talking to me about it more and more. And I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, like, that'd be cool. Like, I'd like to do that. So I go take my first personal training certification and I fail it. So just came back, lowest low. I go invest like $700 into the certification, which at the time I had no money to even do so. Right, and right. I fail it the first time. So, you know, again, it was just like this other, like, self-doubt. I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe I should go another direction. Blah, blah, blah. Ended up retaking it from that point. Like, was a personal trainer for four years at 24-Hour Fitness. Uh, the last month I was there, I did, like, $24,000 in revenue. Uh, got paid, like, seven of that. You're like, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> please. Um, yeah. And to do that, I mean, I, I trained 204 sessions that month. Yeah. 10 to 15 clients a day. Like it was, it was madness. And I was in school full time. Um, and so left there, kind of got into the CrossFit world. Um, I was kind of in the CrossFit space for like five years, coached, competed in CrossFit, uh, competed at regionals, uh, coached CrossFit games, athletes, like really big in the CrossFit space. Um, and that was all kind of, as I was finishing up my nutrition degree, um, and at that point is when I kind of decided, okay, like, do I want to go back to school and do like physical therapy or do I want to like just go laser focused on nutrition or do I want to keep like coaching people and do more of like the sports performance side of things. And at that point I was just like, all right, I'm going all in on nutrition. Fast forward to today. I own a nutrition coaching company. Um, and yeah, here we are. Man, that is a life story. If I've ever heard one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and there's there's much more depth there to it, but uh, hopefully that didn't take. Too no, long. no, that was perfect. Thank you for sharing. It's like really, truly incredible, as I would say, for the purpose of this podcast. But like, it just goes to show you that people who end up in the same field, like we have the same interest, right? The interest is nutrition and helping people, but everybody has such a different and unique backstory and how they arrived at that one place. And yours is probably like, out of all the stories that I've heard so far, like definitely the most intriguing. And like, I have so many questions. I'm just like so interested. So many questions I could ask about that, but I'll ask one that I think will will check a lot of the boxes for the questions that I have, but I'm curious. So in hearing you talk, I feel like, that you're a person who maybe believes that things happen for a specific purpose or a reason. Am I right in that assumption? Absolutely. So my question for you is everything that happened to you, getting involved in all that you did, ending up in jail for that one night, everything kind of going south very quickly for you, kind of like being that invincible teenager, all of that. Do you feel like that was there for a purpose? Like, you know, say that didn't happen do you feel like you would have still found your interest in love for nutrition or do you feel like it was just kind of a, a fluke that every little step and everything that you did kind of led you to this thing that you just said you quote fell into? Like, do you believe there was a reason why you went through all of that? Yeah, that's a great question. 
Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that there was a reason for it. You know, I think that like one, if that moment wouldn't have happened in Kansas, like there's no doubt in my mind that like I would have came right back here and kept doing what I was doing and then gotten in trouble for something way worse that actually would have like completely ruined my life. Right. So, you know, I will never, ever, ever, um, you know, take, take advantage of the second chance that I got. Like it's, it's literally, literally been my driving force for, you know, eight, nine, 10 years now. And like, I, I truly like made a promise on that night. And like, I, 100% plan on like fulfilling it for the rest of my life because I know that like what gives me fulfillment in life is helping other people like it's it's just it like that's the thing like yeah if I, if I couldn't help people like and it doesn't have to even be nutrition like it like that's why it's so funny you know we talk about it all the time it's like nutrition coaching but it's like I you know nutrition and life coaching you're right life coach, call it but like I feel that I've had to overcome a lot of adversity in my life, a lot of struggle. And I feel like because of that, it's, it's made me very empathetic for clients that I work with. And, and like, for me, it's just like, like, I'm a, like, I'm a problem solver. solver. Like that's my, I pride myself on being a problem solver. And so, you know, empathetic problem solver, like that's kind of like how I go about coaching because I, I understand like, you know, like when I came back, and my reputation was completely destroyed. Like that was like the lowest low ever, you know? And like, there's a, there's a guy named Brad Jensen. I'm actually interviewing tomorrow and he's, he owns a company called Key Nutrition. Um, he's in our mastermind group and all of this. Mm -hmm. His story is amazing too. Like he, you know, he, he shares his whole uh, story with dealing with drugs and, you know, addiction and like, it's super, super, super powerful. And he relates it to his clients as well. I mean, being addicted to drugs and being addicted to food, there's very similar. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show um, my coach, Tony, he, he has this one saying, and it's like, you know, people look for coaches, right? Not coaching, meaning that what you bring to the table for your clients is not just because you studied nutrition. It's because you are who you are and because you have your backstory. Same thing goes for me. Same thing goes for anyone else in the, in the coaching realm, whether it's nutrition, life coaching, business coaching, like whatever you have to offer your clients, only a small portion of it is because of what you studied, right? That's like the, the science, the tactical part, but the big, you know, how you go about it, how your messaging is relayed via social media to your clients, everything is a product of everything that you've done up to this point in your life. I'm always a big fan of like kind of thinking back to those really pivotal moments and being like, if I hadn't have made that one turn or if I hadn't have done that one thing, then I couldn't be sitting here. And like, sometimes I can't really think about it too much because then I get into the spiral of like, oh my gosh, like I, I owe everything to like that one red light. And I'm like, Claire, you're getting a little bit carried away, but like, you know, you know how it goes. And one thing that you touched on that I really want to kind of transition into, it's a thing that I know you talk about a lot and you just said the word and it's empathy. And I'm curious, one thing that really sticks out to me in your story is that after you came back home from Kansas, after your parents bailed you out and picked you up, you were kind of labeled, I feel like, as like, oh, don't hang out with my kid or, oh, he's a bad kid or, oh, like if you hang out with him, you'll end up like him too, right? They kind of labeled you 
in this box or in this category of bad or shamed or, you know, whatever it is that you want to call it. And in a way, I feel like those, those people are just that experience. You weren't shown a lot of empathy, right? People didn't want to level with you because they're like, Ooh, scary, bad. Right. So I'm wondering if your approach to coaching, if this kind of air of empathy, did that come from that moment of you really not being shown much empathy or kind of where does that come from in your coaching? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that like, I mean, it, it's our, it's our tagline, literally empathetic problem solvers. Like, cool. I think that it, it definitely plays a huge role. You know, I think that we all are going through something, right? Like, I think we all have our own struggles. Like, and I think a lot of people have struggles that they don't talk about and that they're hidden and they're secret. And, you know, I think that like, for me, like I, I didn't tell my story publicly for eight years. Like, I was scared to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. Like I have clients, like I'm a professional, like I don't want to talk about those things. Right. But like, you know, the reality of it is, is that we all have a story and like, we need to tell our story because telling your story is powerful and like getting on platforms, like you know, podcasts and things like that. Like, like there's people out there that are listening and, and our story by us telling our story, like it's changing people's lives. Like I've had so many people reach out to me. I share my story once a month, every single month. And I have so many people that reach out to me and, you know, if it's like, maybe they relate to it because they were going through something like that similar, or maybe they relate to it just because they're just like, wow, like, thank you so much for just like being so transparent and actually like being willing to like share your story. But I think it's important. And I think that like, I, you know, I was so scared to do it for so long. And like over the last year, since I've told it, like, it's not only helped people, but it's like changed my life as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I think about coming back from Kansas and being labeled and all that stuff, like, yeah, like it's, it sucked. Like I was super popular. Like I was, I wasn't the homecoming king, but like I was on the homecoming court. I was like one of three people that actually got a football scholarship out of our high school. Like I went to, you know, state powerlifting championships and like, yeah, like I was, it, it was completely different when I came back and you know I think for me the biggest thing in terms of like empathetic problem solver is just that like you know like I have empathy for every single person because like I said every single person is going through something every single person is struggling with something and like you just don't know so like don't judge somebody don't look at somebody don't talk about somebody like you don't know what they're going through mm -hmm. and for yeah. you do or for you to have like you know the, the audacity to, to make a comment towards somebody or or it just it just it's it just what I've learned is that when people make comments about other people it's literally their own insecurities that are speaking out mm -hmm. and so you know I we have my neighbor across the street here like love her to death but like one day she uh she, my little brother was like mowing our grass and I was like just trying to you know give them some extra money or whatever and I guess he was blowing like leaves into their yard and she like got all upset at him and blah 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 and he came in and told us and um long story short with that I want to go off on a tangent here but she like blew up and was like super mad and like said all these things and then the next day she came back and like apologized and like broke down and started crying and told me about all this stuff that she's going through and I said look like 
I know that you're going through something. Like, that's why I was so empathetic yesterday. Like, it was completely your fault. Like, you were being ridiculous, but like, I wasn't going to lash out. Like, I was empathetic and I knew that, like, you know, she must be going through something right now to come over and, you know, go off on an 18 year old. You know, yeah. 18 years old. Like, come on. Um, and, and so that next day when she came over and she told us and she told me everything, like, I was like, look, like, I, I get it. Like, we're all going through something. And that's why, like, it's, you can't, like, judge other people. You can't judge a book by its cover. Like, you always hear, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you just don't know. So just hold your tongue and, like, just take that breath or whatever you need to do. But, like, just think before you talk. Like, you know, think before you do. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It's like all of those um, catchphrases or those cliche phrases that you heard growing up. It's like you reach a point in your life and you're like, they were all true. <laughs> right? Like everyone has to arrive at them at their own, at their own pace, but you realize that they were all true. And I think that's such an important thing to bring to the, to the coaching table, because especially when you're talking about something as close to someone's heart as, um, as almost like intimate as nutrition, right? The thing that you're faced with every single day, everyone comes to that discussion with different baggage for lack of a better term, right? Everyone shows up with things in their past that have influenced food, things in their past that have influenced things they've gone through with their body. So it's really important to have that air of empathy, empathetic problem solving. I love that (laughs) when, when you're working with a client so that they feel like they have the ability to open up and to connect to their coach in a way that will actually help to further their progress rather than just here, let me have some sort of plan or tips that, you know, push what's actually going down even farther to give me a certain type of look rather than facing the things that are actually going on with the help of a coach and maybe other professionals to actually give them tips, tricks, and suggestions to, to further them down the road. So I'm interested with this empathetic problem solving, how do you relate that to nutrition? So I know this is your tagline. I know this is what you do, but what does that look like in practice for your coaching clients? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it starts from that initial consultation or that initial discovery call or whatever you want to call it and then like through the assessment process. Like for us, like, of course, like I want to take you through a very, very thorough assessment and like learn everything about you that I need to know. But like step one for me is like, I just want to get to know you, like the person, right? Like I want, I want to build like some type of rapport. I want to build some type of relationship. I want to build some type of trust. And I think a lot of that comes from just being empathetic. Like, look, people don't come to to coaches. People don't hire a coach, you know? like for no reason, like they're, you know, they, they're looking for somebody in their life. Like I have a business mentor, a business coach, right? Like, just mm-hmm. like you. I also have a nutrition coach as well, you know, like, and again, I'm just such a big believer in like coaches need coaches. Right. And so mm-hmm. everybody needs a coach is really, you know, what, what it is. And so I think, I think for us, you know, we just really try to be empathetic in where they are at this point in their life with, not only nutrition, but, but everything else. I think that everybody, you know, I coach individualized coaching, like everybody is completely different and like they all have their own individual wants and and needs. And, you know, we're all so unique that it's like, yeah, you can't just throw some cookie cutter, you know, plan and say, Hey, good luck. Like 
you know, especially if it's a client that's like really struggling with something deeper than, you know, just like surface level stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think with emp empathetic problem solving and like just from the very beginning of the process, like let's build a relationship, let's get to know each other. Let's like, what are you actually struggling with? And like, if I can connect with you at that level and if we can really dig into like the why behind whatever it is that you're struggling with, like, I think that I can show empathy or, or, or be that person that like, you know, will actually listen to your problems, not just be in like, you know, a doctor's office for five minutes and they like rush you out the door. Like I'm here to listen. Like we might have a 30 minute consultation call, but like if I need to go deeper than that, if I need to go longer, like I will, because like I need to make sure that like from the very beginning, like those first few calls, like we have to build a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I love that. Nutrition doesn't matter if the relationship isn't built at the beginning. Like, if, if the relationship isn't built, if we haven't like broke down that barrier, if, if I haven't if I haven't found out like why it is that you came to me in the first place, what you're struggling with, and what is it that you want, like how can I help you? Like, once I figure out those things, like I'm 100% confident in being able to help you overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with, because like. <laughs> stuff I've gone through is way freaking harder. Like that stuff, like the, the stuff that I, that I saw, the stuff that I went through, the, stuff, the challenges that I faced, like building myself completely back up. Like I think that there's, and, and look, my life is nothing compared to tons of other stories that I've heard. Like I have it easy compared to so many other stories, but I do think that like I can empathize with a lot of people. And I think that like I can, I can truly like help people overcome whatever it is that they're struggling with. I think that I definitely have to stay in my scope. You know, I definitely do that. But like, I, you know, like it's just this, this coaching thing is, is much, much more than just nutrition. I'll, yeah, I'll leave it as <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's much, much bigger. And I love to hear that you kind of start with that platform of building the relationship with, with leveling on empathy. Because one thing that I always say that I kind of base my practice, my social media strategy, like all of it off of is that humans, like we're wired for connection. We're wired to connect on emotion. We're not wired to be like, ah, fat loss hacks. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Like all that information is really great. And that's what we learn in the, in the nutrition and the tactical part of schooling. But the thing that actually gives clients, the end user, what they want is that connection with another human who can help to guide them through that process. Yes. Connection with that other human who is qualified, right. To give that type of advice and, and those, those nutrition tips and the workout tips, of course, but the, the human connection is going to give them what they're looking for. Because one thing that I really believe is that people come to us like saying they want weight loss or saying they want to eat better, whatever that means to their standard. But I'm a firm believer in that no one really just wants that, right? We want a certain life transformation. We want to wake up in the morning and feel different about ourselves, not just look different. 
we don't want to just like look at a plate and be like, yay, I added vegetables. We want to look at a plate and feel like we're doing something good for ourselves, right? It's really that transformation that happens in the mind. You were talking about earlier, like the the addiction with, with drugs or with alcohol, with food, like we want that transformation past that point where we're not controlled by those things anymore. But now we can we can act in a way that that builds our sense of self-confidence to truly overcome that and have a better better manage over that for the rest of our life. Right. So one thing I kind of want to transition into, and this kind of hits on nutrition a little bit, um, but it kind of doesn't, but in, like I was telling you earlier, before we hit record, like any good interviewer should do, I was doing some homework on you and, um, which is like my favorite thing. Cause you have like an excuse to actually creep on someone's feed. Right. <laughs> I was like hoping that I didn't hit anything from like months back. Right. <laughs> You're like, why is Claire like back in November? Um, but anyways, one thing that you wrote on this, this kind of talks about, you know, empathy too, and connecting with other people, but you were talking about the importance of surrounding yourself with like-minded people who push you to be better. And I almost argue that in working with like any sort of nutrition or life change, when you make those changes in yourself to be that person who you want to see, to become that version of yourself, you kind of, without even trying in a way, start to attract those kind of people, right? Because when you step into your genuine energy, not to sound too woo woo, but when you, you you step into your genuine energy, you start to put off that vibe that will attract those people who you need to have in your life. Right. So I kind of want to get your take on why is it so important to fill your sphere or fill the most important spaces in your life with those people who can push you farther. This kind of goes along with coaching as well. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a, uh, and I'll even circle it way, way back to, you know, when I came back from Kansas, because, you know, again, like, came back, I could have gone right back into all of it, right? Like, all my friends were still there, like, I saw all the same connections, I saw all of that. And, uh, you know, I had to make a decision, a decision at that point in my life, like, I had to decide, like, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be the person that's like, oh, I'm too good for you. Like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Like, I'll still talk to you. But I just also realized that like, I had to separate myself. Like I had to go all in on me and like focus on me and, and, and like becoming the version of me that like I had always dreamed of, but I just wasn't actually doing right. And so like, as I, as I went through that process, like I really had to distance myself and I really had to kind of like focus in on me and becoming my best self um but you know i think like circling it back to the question um you know i think that like it's it's hard right because i think that like i i got really lucky with personal training and that as i distanced myself from like the, the bad kids or the crowd or whatever that was doing all the negative stuff. I also started making like my clients essentially kind of like my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I was personal training. I was training successful people. Um, and I started realizing that like, it's not like my dreams aren't so crazy, right? Like I'm starting to be around more successful people. I'm starting to learn from these people. And I'm starting to realize that like, you know, like, point A to point B, like I'm starting to see the steps that it takes to get there. 
right? I'm starting to see the person that I need to become. And it's not that I'm like idolizing one person, but I'm just taking different things from each people, from, from each person. And then that led into, you know, me eventually hiring like a business mentor, you know, way later on in life. But I always had these amazing mentors in my life. And like, I think that that's a huge, huge piece. Like I owe so much to my mentors because if I want to have had those influential people in my life, like I don't know if I would have kept moving forward. Like I always had self-doubt, like even as I started doing a little bit better, like even after I passed the certification, like I still had, oh, like, am I going to go back to that? You know, like I had quick money that I could get at any point if I did that. Right. So for me, like coming from somebody that didn't have money growing up, like that was what it was all about. It was always about money. So that's why personal training like changed my life because I actually started making money like legally. And like, I was like, Oh, like this is really cool. Like I'm helping people. I'm changing lives and I'm actually able to like support myself. Right. Right. But I think in terms of the environment, like, that shaped me. My mentor shaped me. My, my client shaped me. Um, my amazing wife that I met right after the time of me kind of going through all of that. Like we met, you know, probably six months or so after I got back from Kansas, you know, she was somebody that really, really, really influenced me. Like she, you know, like I owe so much to her. I tell her all the time. I was like, you're like my, my guardian angel. Like you, you pulled me through, and, and made me into the man that I am today. So I think environment's huge. Like, I think it's a huge, huge, huge component. Yeah. I love that. I have now melted into a puddle that is on my desk. That was so adorable. (laughs) Just hope we don't mess up the new microphone, but, um, I totally agree with the, with the mentorship piece. Um, and it's finding people, I think it's important to like find people where you are in life, right? So those would be your peers, right? Who can, you can relate to find people who are obviously ahead of where you are, right? That you can look up to them, use them to, to learn from them, help to shape your path, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you get to a place, also find some people who are maybe a couple steps behind you so that you can maybe come into that mentorship role. But one question that I thought about as you were speaking is I think, we find mentors as we go. And of course we reach a certain point in our life where we maybe have that person who is deemed like mentor, right? Like either they call themselves that it's a coach. It's someone we pay who obviously fills that mentorship role, but maybe someone who's listening is like, okay, I believe in this whole mentorship jazz and I want that for myself, but I maybe don't have that person who is deemed or labeled my mentor or my coach. And maybe the person listening really isn't in a place to, to hire someone like that or anything along those lines, but kind of what advice would you offer? Because it sounded like you had many non-official air quote mentors as you went throughout life, but how did you know that those people were mentors kind of what did you look for what kind of qualities characteristics in those people to help shape your life yeah that's an amazing question probably one of the best questions i've ever got actually (laughs) Uh, i'm such a big believer in personal development um it you know it's literally changed my life so going back to when i was like you know, 18 well i guess maybe like 19 20 i started training a a amazing family uh but the husband was you know extremely extremely successful and i'm talking like multi multi-millionaire and i asked him i said you know what is if, if you could recommend like 
one book or like your your top list of books or whatever like what would it be um you know i'm super interested like i i, I want to learn from you in whatever way that i can and that night i got an email it was a list of 50 books wow and that night i bought all 50 books and the next day i saw him at the gym and i was like all right i got him and he was like got him I was like, yeah, I, I just bought them last night. He's like, all of them? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, interesting. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you told me these were the 50 books that I need to read if I want to be successful. Like, I'm going to read all 50 of these books. So to answer your question, like books, right? Like audiobook, whether you want to read it, whether you want to do an audiobook, whether you want to listen to podcasts, like, look, I'm dyslexic. I have ADD, ADHD, like whatever you want to call it. Like I my wife can read three books in the time that I can read one book. Like I am not smart, you know, like when it comes to that stuff. But what I learned about halfway through college is that I learned really, really well visually. And I learned really, really well, like if I listen, mm -hmm. so all studying was done by recording the lecture and listening to it. All my learning these days is through audiobooks and podcasts. Like all that stuff's free. Like if you want to get better, I tell clients, I tell mentor clients, I tell everybody that asks me, like, how did I change my life? I started filling my head with as much positivity as I possibly can on a daily basis. I started learning from all these amazing people that are out there that have done such amazing things in this world. Like, the information is out there everywhere. Like, you just have to apply yourself. You have to put in the work. Like, you have to be consistent with and honestly kind of be obsessed with like becoming your best self. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, that's what it was. It was, it was the podcast. It was the audio, audio books. It was, you know, reading, reading regular books. Like even though I was super slow at it, um, but it was all those things. And then how to look for the mentors that were in my life. I think with that, um, you know, I had, so when I started, I had my, my fitness manager, at 24 Hour Fitness, I had my club manager and I had one of the master trainers. And for whatever reason, like I resonated with those three people and I just tried to learn as much from them as I possibly could. And again, there were some things that like were amazing and like I still believe and implement to today. And there's other things that like I didn't agree with or I, you know, I, I don't still carry with me today or they were wrong or whatever. But like, Either way, they were great mentors. And I think that if I wouldn't have started off at that 24-hour fitness, like, I don't think I would have actually moved on in the field. Like, that's how impactful it was. Um, yeah. And when, you know, as I moved on into, like, the CrossFit space, it was all across the athletes. Like, those, those were real big mentors of mine because, like, I wanted to be like them. Right? I wanted to compete at that level. Um, so, therefore, I needed to meet them. I needed to train with them. I needed to be like them. I need, you know, all the all those things. And then now, um, I basically like stalked my mentor for two years on social media. Um, you know, just reading all his stuff, consuming all his stuff, like learning from him. And I was like, God, I love what he's doing. I love the mission. I love the team he's building. I love the company. I love everything. I want to go work for him. Well, he told me no. <laughs> that you remind me of exactly like me when I was your age you know when I was 26 years old like you literally remind me of me um you 
keep saying how you want to be a part of a badass team, but what you really want is you want to build a badass team. And he goes, look, I'm not going to hire you, but I'll mentor you. And that was right when Jason's mentorship kind of kicked off, um, you know, and that's a whole nother story. But like, yeah, I mean, at that point, he called me out on all my BS. I had all these stories of like, oh, I, I don't want to start a business until I work for this person. I don't want to start a business since I'm 30 years old. I don't want to start all this stuff, right? Lies, right? Stories. Um, called me out on all of it. He said, look, I'll mentor you. Like, if you quit your job right now and go all in. And I was like, you know, I was crushed at first. I was like, oh, I can't believe this guy won't hire me. <laughs> and then, you know, from there, I was like, all right, I'm going all in. Like, mm -hmm. I, I will regret this if I don't do it. It was one of those feelings. For the next week after I made the investment that I had no business making, I felt like I throw up for about a week. Um, and here we are 10 months later. And like, you know, literally, like, I'm so grateful, obviously. And, and I couldn't have done it without like the amazing people that I'm building on a team. But like, he was completely right. Like he changed my life because he called me out and he just gave me like the, 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 I don't even know, like the approval of like, dude, been in the field for eight years. You're freaking smart. You know what you're doing. Like, go do it. Like he just gave me that push that I needed. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm forever grateful to to him as a mentor. You know, 10 months later, I just invested even bigger for 2019 because I believe in our mission. Like, I believe in what we're doing. And I made that investment, like, five days ago. I still feel like I'm going to throw up right now. Uh, <laughs> so I think that was the feeling that I needed to, like, know that it was the right decision to reinvest again. Yeah. Uh, this time, the investment was, you know, 10 times what it was the first time around. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mentors are people that can truly change your life. If you find the right one, they can collapse time for you. They can, they can move you forward faster than you ever thought, thought was possible. And, and, and they can call you out when you're playing small. They mm -hmm. can call you out when, uh, you know, when you're, when, when you, when you're just getting to a place where like you need help being pulled through and, and help overcoming whatever it is that you're struggling, just like what we do with all of our nutrition clients and my mentor yeah. clients. I mean, you know, again, coaches need coaches. In fact, everybody needs a coach. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I love how you phrase them. And I have to take that and use that they collapse time. And I think that they have the ability to do that really because they, I kind of describe them as like that third party observer, right? They know you, they know your life, they know your abilities, but like they're not trapped in the muck and the mire of your own head. So they really can see when you are playing small, like you said, or when you are just kind of stuck in that downward self-deprecating spiral and they can be like, hold on a second, like pause. This isn't the actual truth, right? And where we would have stuck ourselves spinning our wheels in that muck and that mire, expanding time, right? They can kind of step in and say, no, no, that's not actually how it is. I'm going to speak to you more clearly. So you don't have to stay in that. They collapse the time we can move on and 
I think the power of having multiple mentors throughout life, kind of like you were talking about earlier, getting all of the, the free resources that you can and identifying those people who will take the time to, to send you a list of like 50 books, right? Can really help you because you have the time before you find that big pivotal mentor. Like it sounds like you have with Jason, which is amazing, but you can take that time to use the free resources, to watch what other people are doing to piece together what it is that you love that they do and what, like you said, you don't like so much so that you can kind of form this like Frankenhuman. One of my friends uses that word as like, you know, like a Franken degree that you piece it together, but like this Frankenhuman of, of who you want to be. And then you, you get to a place where you have that really pivotal mentor who can kind of create shape and shine and, and make you even better. So I couldn't agree more about the power of mentorship. I love that the conversation kind of shifted there. And I feel like we covered so much beneficial information today. Um, for the sake of our time here, I want to finish out, well, first of all, by saying thank you so much for volunteering your time to be on the podcast. Like I said, your story was like one of my favorites that I've ever had the chance to listen to. So um, thank you for your time and for being here today, Mr. iCoach. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I mean, that really means so much to me. And like any time that I can, you know, get on a podcast, get on a platform, like share my story and, and really just hope that like, you know, maybe one, I mean, I don't know how many 17, 18 year old boys are listening to your podcast, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, or maybe it's a mom or, or whatever. I mean, I just think that like, anytime I can share my story, if one person listens to it and it helps them. Like I, I did my job. Totally. Totally. They can, they can relate with empathy, right? You can connect on empathy. There you go. That's the message for the whole podcast. But my, my two final questions for you is the, the first one is kind of a more just like tactical thing. If anyone is hearing what you have to say, they want to hear your story that you share once a month. They want to get in your field or in your sphere. How do they find you on social media? Where do you hang out? Where's the best place to get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our website, it's icoachnutrition.com. Um, on social media, I'd say like Instagram is probably, that's where like most people are at. Yeah, today. yeah. Um, so on that, we have iCoach Nutrition as well. My personal is Justin Murphy underscore iCoach. Um, that's the main places we are also launching our podcast in 2019. So uh, more details on that. But, but yeah, that's kind of where you can find me. Awesome. Awesome. And for anyone who's, who's wondering the iCoach, it's like iPod, you know, that's how it's written. So that's how you find it. Um, but my final question for all podcast guests that I always ask is, is, you know, very well that my platform, my message is very much rooted in gentle nutrition and living a more gentle, intuitive life. So the question I always like to end that I'll end by asking you now is what are you doing in your daily life to live a little bit more gently with yourself? Worded another way, this could be what practices do you have in place to kind of give yourself that space for self-care and self-growth so that at the end of the day, you can focus on the positives or what you did right rather than everything that may not have gone perfectly for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I try to do a lot of different things with that. I mean, like journaling's one, like some type of like movement is one. So I mean, I, I would just say, I guess if I pick maybe like my top three, it would be morning and night journaling. 
And I just use the, uh, the productivity planner, mm -hmm. uh, which highlights some of the things that you just talked about, right? Which were like, you know, obviously I'm setting like a to-do list, like the three to five things that like, I want to get done. But like, as you've probably experienced, like I'm the type of person that sometimes gets to the end of the day and I'm like, oh my God, it's already this time. I didn't do anything today. Yep. <laughs> and what that journal allows me to do is it, it reminds me that, no, like you had a very productive, successful day. Maybe you just didn't get everything done or, or whatever, right? So the journaling is great. Um, and then just some type of like movement. Like I think like for me, if I can, if it's 10 minutes a day or two hours a day, like if I can dedicate time to my body, whether it's just doing like mobility, flexibility type stuff, whether it's doing you know, breathing work, whether it's hitting the gym really, really hard and doing like CrossFit or lifting weights or whatever, just something that is like, hey, this is me prioritizing my own body outside of just like food and sleep and all those things. Um, so those two, and then the third, just not like really trying not to like compare myself to everybody else. Like, oh yeah, struggle was so much. I from competing in sports, you know, comparing myself to other athletes to competing in, you know, like the, the game of like business and, and comparing myself to other business owners. Like I think comparison is truly the thief of joy. I think comparison syndrome is like one of the worst things that we can, you know, one of the worst crimes we commit, we can commit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I really just try to like remind myself of like who I am and like who I want to become, who I need to become. And, you know, like, I mean, literally every single day, it's like, look at myself in the mirror, write it down in a journal. It's like, I am a badass. Like, I am going to create and I'm going to create and I'm going to make the impact on this world that, like, I've always dreamed of. And, like, I just have to remind myself that of that every single day. Mm -hmm. like, I think that, you know, whatever your goal is, regardless of the goal, like, you know, taking that time for ourselves, like, especially like what we talked about last time with like all of our clients that are moms out there. Oh yeah. I'm telling my, my wife here as we have our first child on the way, it's like, do you boo? Like, you know, <laughs> want to be happy. Like you want to go get your nails done. Or like do it. Like I want you to prioritize yourself as much as possible because you've sacrificed so much over the last nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sensing that the, the tagline of your business is going to shift from your empathy theme to you do you boo. I think, <laughs> I think that would be really great, but, um, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. And I love that you have those three things that you, you really prioritize and that you're really stepping into to make every step that you take more impactful, better for your business, better for yourself, better for your family. Love all of that. So Justin, thank you so much for your time today. Um, for anyone listening, I highly encourage you to go check out him, check out his team, check out the podcast in 2019 when it becomes available. But speaking of podcasts, if you're loving what you're hearing here on the Yours Truly podcast, don't hesitate to leave us some stars, leave us a rating, let Justin and I know what you learned. And we will catch you guys on the flip side. Yours Truly, Justin and Claire. <laughs>